And now, it's time for a Star Trek story. Aaron, we have been, I think, having a great little lovely time today. Oh, yeah. Kicking up the feet, having some good drinks, some snacks, just having a hellacious time. We just got out in the sun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Had a little respite. Yeah. It was lovely. Um, so here's the thing. And, and, and so maybe this will maybe bias us to the answer to this question. But my question to you today is, Aaron, is leisure... A necessity. Yeah. Thank you for listening, everyone. Quick yes. Quick yes. Absolutely a necessity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but as we talked about in our little conversation, wish y'all could have been there. It was great. Mm. Great content. Yeah, outside. Yeah. FOMO. Um, we talked about the need for balance, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Too much leisure. Bad thing. Mm-hmm. But not a bad thing in of itself. No, like, a little bit is okay. A little bit is okay, even in a necessity. Um, we'll see if today's episode illuminates any of this for us. Um, because we, of course, um, are watching Star Trek here on Star Trek Stories. Um, episode 29, Captain's Holiday. This is where we are today. Apt episode for the question. Um I, of course, am your accomplished host, Jaron Hatch. <laughs> accomplished. Yes, and I'm joined here by my superb co-host, Aaron Cole. Hello, Aaron. How you doing? Thanks, Jaron. Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, yes, thank you all at home for listening and tuning in. Um, um, last time, um, we watched Deja Q. Um where our good buddies um, Q and Jake Barnes were here having a splendid time with us. Um, for those who are just joining our show, we are um, starting the back half of the TNG Renaissance. We have a returning guest host um, sitting in the hot seat. We have the very lovely Mindy Barnes on the show with us. Hello, Mindy. Hi, friends. Hey, hello. hello. What's up, Mindy? Chucky's out there in the ether. We haven't addressed this on the show, um, but we probably should. And some of you uh, regular, listeners, re- regular listeners have probably figured this out. Um, you and Jake are married. Yeah. Yeah. He's my husband. He's shaking his hands. Jake, you can say hi for the fans at home. The Barnes. Hi. <laughs> well, the hi. Husband. I'm the husband. This is not a Q episode. <laughs> <laughs> no. He was my ride. Canceled. <laughs> We've had a lovely day with both of them here. Um, gives you a little peek into our behind the scenes of how we record this stuff. But they are they are here to, together. Um, double feature. Double feature. Double first. Um, yeah, it's oh, efficient. Yeah. Got to carve out time, like you said, right? <laughs> yeah. Much more efficient to have them both here. Yes. Get it done. Yes, yes, yes. And then release as we need. Yeah. That's how it goes, folks. Um, last time you were here, we watched Is There in Truth No Beauty? Um, uh, which I thought we all thought we all came away with like, wow, what a wild, um, episode. That's, that was also one of my favorite ones just because like it gave us lots to talk about, um, that episode. Um, but you know, that was a classic Trek episode, Mindy. And I know while you enjoy lots of different Star Trek, I'm pretty sure next generation is your jam. Yes. The last episode I watched, I had never seen before, uh, the next gen, I've probably seen this. 
because it's my favorite. You've seen them all? Uh, this one, yes? I, actually, I think I missed a few in the first season because Jake was kind of like, uh, just kind of skip the first season. You'll be fine. Like, just... We, we watched a couple of, like, quintessential ones for character development and all that, but we pretty much skipped the first and second season, but I did go back and watch them later on. Mm, okay. So I think I have seen them all. So you have seen them Maybe all. Maybe a couple that I've missed, but overall, yes. From season three on, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, solid. I think they would, I think we, when we gave our little thoughts on season one, Aaron, I think we said, like, you you can watch a couple highlights, and then if it's your first time, watch a couple highlights, and then you could probably skip over a bunch. And then maybe go back. Go back yeah. if, you, if you're really With into it. View the his historical everything. documents of the show. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> you know, being a Next Generation fan, um, and like I said, I know you've seen a bunch of Star Trek, and I think you enjoy more or less all of it, to, you know, to whatever degree. What is it about Next Generation for you? Um, I don't know. That speaks to you. Uh Captain Picard. Mm, <laughs> He's great. Captain Picard. <laughs> and Data's character is awesome. Because part of, I think, why I like Data so much is because it changed my perspective on robots. Mm. Androids. Be yeah, androids. Excuse Sorry. Me. Excuse me. We used to have conversations back in the old house about how much yeah. you didn't like It just AI. is kind of yeah. scary. I don't trust it. Like, AI... I mean, it, it could be used for some awesome things. I'm not denying that. But I think overall it could be used for some really scary things. But knowing Data's character, it kind of helped me open up to the thought of the idea of that in the future and being more okay with it. Even though I don't think that the AIs they're creating are half as good as Data. Half as good as Data. <laughs> oh, not even close. <laughs> not even close. But maybe in the future, who knows? Yeah, I mean that's just what the public is working with. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's if that's what we get, imagine what uh, the CIA has, or or right. That's just what they're has. showing us. Yeah. And I've heard the anything that they show us, they're about thirty years ahead of that. At least. Yeah. Still, I worry about the future of the arts with using AI, mm. because people can get lazy and so oh, just have robots make music, make art. Make yeah. everything, and it's taking the soul out of that thing and making it harder for artists to be successful when people are just buying into robot-made music and shit. Um, some of this conversation about art, though, uh, this is great because it goes right into kind, well, kind of what we're talking about, um, you know, um, and especially where you're coming from, Mindy, with this concern of AI having a negative impact on human artistic expression uh, some other things like that and like or the, poten the potential pitfalls that are there and while art isn't exactly leisure um it is to some degree tied in with l leisure you know it, um so and if there's a real concern there i'm wondering do you feel like leisure it is a necessity i feel like leisure is a necessity at some point because Without it, you'd probably lose your shit. <laughs> Just to keep you sane, <laughs> it is a necessity. Yeah. I think um. people lose their shit with just a week a year of PTO. I mean, I think as a human species, we actually need more than that just to, mm. you know, more than just the weekend and more than a week 
PTO per year. Mm, Jesus Christ. It's, it's not how humans were meant to live, I feel like. Mm-mm. And so, but if that's all you get, I mean, it's absolutely necessary to keep us going. Mm. Yeah. All work and no play makes Jack a very dull boy. A yeah. very dull <laughs> boy. Oh, no. It's gone to that point. Yeah. It's exactly. gone really bad. That's facts. A, facts. Man, na, 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 na. There, is a, there is like, <laughs> oh God, there's something to be said for like feeling valued in your work though. You know what I mean? Sure. Like having a job that could probably be taken over by AI, all these people threatening that that's going to happen. It's like, oh God, please do that. Then I can go pursue something valuable that's worth my time. Right? right. And that's another aspect is like, if I'm not doing this backbreaking work all the time, maybe I'll have more time on my hands that I can, you know, make more art because I'm not working just to survive. If AI takes over like the mundane things about your job, maybe it opens up for more artistic expression within humans, because that's kind of an innate thing within a lot of us is to want to do that, but we don't have the time. We're still in survival mode. Yeah. And it, so if that opens ugh. up the time, then that could be a really cool thing. Time is everything. You know, some of people's best ideas come out of, there's that, um, I'm reminded of, a, there's a, a line from the first season of Westworld, which is a great season of television. The rest, I don't know. Um, where Dr. Ford, played by Anthony Hopkins, he's talking with, a spoiler alert, who is revealed to be later in the show, like a little AI replicant of himself as a little boy. Um, and the little boy is just like, um, he's complaining. It's like, oh, I'm feeling bored. Um, anyway, they're having this kind of conversation about boredom and everything. And eventually kind of uh, Dr. Ford has this moment where he's able to get the kid to conjure up the sound of a church bell in his head as they're kind of overlooking this um, area of desert and what they could do with it. And he's like, listen, do you hear it spell? And he's like, yes, yes, I can hear it. And he's like, ah, you see what a bored mind can conjure. Um, you know, maybe that's what some of it is. It's like that leisure activity to just have that moment where you're relaxed. You don't have to think about your survival. You don't think about this. And it can stimulate the mind and make you think about things maybe that you wouldn't necessarily think about because you're busy with all the survival business all the time. Mm. And some of that stuff can lead to some interesting stuff to make survival better and easier. Who knows? It's so important to be able to find an escape. Sure. Like a space where you just don't have to worry about anything at all. Mm -hmm. Right. You got to find a way to, to let go of those thoughts and just be, yeah, it's so crucial to survival. It's hard for a lot of people. It's hard. It can be, especially in this culture where there's a lot of workaholics because they just pushed into you so much. This idea of work, work, work. It's ingrained into you from a very young age. It's the opposite for me. It's too easy for me. I struggle with uh, ambition and finding things to do. Mm. I'm working on that. Mm. That's my path. Well, like you said, um, need balance in all things. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta find that balance. Except for lately. Gotta find that balance. Lately, I'm like a fucking freight train. I'm just like, (laughs) go. Well, all right. Um, Well, let's see if this episode gives us any insights into the necessity of leisure. Mm. Um, 
So as we said before, we are today, we are watching Captain's Holiday. Um, this premiered April 2nd, 1990. This is the 19th episode produced for the third season, right smack in the middle. Um, as we said before, this is the first episode in our Lucy Goosey twofer. Uh, where we're looking at uh, the show's attempts to loosen up a bit. Um, and in particular, in this episode, we're looking at the writer's attempts to loosen Captain Picard up a bit. Um, Patrick Stewart, I think we would all agree, has been the show's high- biggest highlight up to this point. I mean, Mindy, your first answer was, why do you like TNG? Captain Picard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, there were criticisms that Captain Picard was too stiff, uh, especially when when you're comparing him to, say, William Shatner's Captain Kirk, who was much more cavalier about himself. <laughs> yeah, they, he was a bit one note through those first two seasons. Brilliant, brilliant in his role, of course. But what yeah. he was given, it was like he didn't give his, he didn't get to see Captain Picard when he's not on duty, right? He didn't get to see those yeah. too serious all the time. You don't get to see that humanity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's kind of just Gene Ronberry's little mouthpiece of the paragon of human virtue or whatever, you know. Um, yeah, so this episode in particular specifically was their attempt to address this criticism and to um, loosen loosen him up. And, and, and they decided to loosen him up by exploring some of his more swashbuckling romantic qualities. Um, and that's the main thing we're going to be looking at here today. These are kind of some new stuff we get to look at with Captain Picard that we haven't get to see before. I feel like that does pay off in the end. Oh, yeah. Perhaps not in this episode. We'll see. We'll see. Who knows what could happen? Um, And this was also, one other thing I think we're going to be looking at with this one is this was also, um, during this season, there were some attempts to kind of play a bit more with genre and what kind of they can do with Star Trek. And so I think this was also one of their attempts to like, can we do Star Trek as like an adventure romp? Um, so those are the um, two things we're going to be looking at in this one. Emphasis on the romp. Romp. Romping. A little bit of an adventure romp. <laughs> a trollop. Romp nope, that's rising. the wrong word. A trolling. <laughs> Trollalalalalling. Oh. <laughs> Patrick Stewart walking through Ryza. La 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 um, all right. Well, for those of you who are going to be watching with us, Star Trek The Next Generation is streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Yeah, you can find this episode by bringing up Season 3, Episode 19. And we will be back after we watch Captain's Holiday. Jean-Luc, it's lucky for you we met, if it wasn't for me. If it wasn't for me, you'd still be back there, sitting in the sun, relaxing. That happens to be why I came to Risa. I'm sure you hated every minute of it. That kind of vacation isn't for a man like you. You need excitement. Excitement? Mm-hmm. Spending the night in the damn cave. <laughs> Chasing after something we shall probably never find. You're enjoying yourself, aren't you? Ah. 
Yes. I just wanted to hear you say it. Good. Now, let's get some sleep. Get that look on your face when you thought I was offering you Jamaharon. No, that was a simple misunderstanding. You did seem a little disappointed when I turned you down. <laughs> you are outrageous. Thank you. Pretty stimulating yourself. Don't you see? We're a lot alike. It's probably why we get along so well. You call this getting along? <sighs> Fine. We don't get along. We're not getting along. I didn't say that. No, no. If you want to believe that we're not getting along, that's all right with me. It's Right, we just got done watching Captain's Holiday. Um, in case you haven't seen this episode, this is the one where Captain Picard loses his virginity. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I, I mean, maybe. Uh, <laughs> so in this episode, <laughs> in case you haven't seen it, didn't watch it with us. So in this episode, Captain Picard has been having a hard time. He's just been going... Um, lots of weeks, no vacation. His crew is like, take a fucking vacation. They finally get him to take one on the pleasure planet Riza, where he instantly, uh, finds himself caught up in the middle of a little adventure, like archeological adventure where they're trying to find some artifact from the future. Um, there is a, um, I don't know, a femme fatale slash partner, there is a conniving con man, and then there are people from the future all trying to get it. <laughs> In the end, of course, Patrick Stewart, as Captain Picard, gets laid, saves the day, and has a great vacation. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Um, and he saves the future as well, potentially. And he also saves the future while on vacation. <laughs> Only Captain Picard. 
That uh, guy. <laughs> uh, Mindy, initial thoughts coming off of Captain's Holiday. This episode is really fun. Mm-mm. I loved it. It's fun to see Captain Picard in a different um, environment. It takes him a little while to kind of let his layers, you know, come out. But I think Vosh does a pretty good job in helping him relax. And they kind of bond over their their love of adventure and it's a totally different kind of adventure like Aaron was saying it's definitely got a Indiana Jones vibe mm, for sure and that's really fun to see and they almost like you said Aaron like let us now change into our Indiana Jones costumes and, and go adventuring <laughs> I mean that's kind of who he runs into in a way on yeah. the planet and you the question was is leisure necessary and instantly this episode is like well-defined leisure what is that to you? Because what it is to Commander Riker or, or Troy or the Ferengi or whoever is different for Picard. He had the time of his life in that episode doing what he defined as relaxation, right? Like he was still engaged. He was still mentally challenged and had a goal in mind. Like it wasn't just sitting reading a book. Mm. That's torture for a person like that. Right? Still really save the day. Do. Yeah. The future, the yes. future day. <laughs> um yeah my goodness um very fun um very silly episode and like yeah um when you you know you say indiana jones i mean it's got a few things in there i'm like that's very indiana jonesy like um uh vosh the the person who he gets involved with trying to uncover the toxu tot um, also very Indiana Jonesy kind of artifact and it has this power the to crystal. the crystal, right. That old prophecy. That <laughs> right. <one day. laughs> uh, legends of the crystal. Yeah. Um, she, she very much has like Marion Ravenwood vibes from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, like totally. they had to have had her in mind when they cast her. Like it's, too, it's almost too on the nose. Mm-hmm. And she's an archeologist. She's an archeologist. Studying this for five years. That is a fun idea to explore, like a future archaeologist. What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think Lower Decks makes a joke where basically the archaeologists are basically like the cool adventure-going oh, yeah. rogues Shows up. <laughs> in the Star Trek universe. So even in the Star Trek universe, like the rogue characters, they're all still like, you know, archaeologists and <laughs> still semi-enlightened. <laughs> um. Yeah, very funny. Like you said, Aaron, like he goes on vacation and still g- gets shit done. <laughs> Saves the day. That's who he is. Um, yeah, I think this is a very, this is a really fun one. And it's such a contrast to what usually Patrick Stewart gets to do. Certainly up to this point, he's very much regal wearing that suit and everything. And you never get to see him in a speedo and <laughs> his little space speedo. <laughs> With his little like <laughs> cotton jacket and yeah. <laughs> whatever he's wearing, he's fit. Oh yeah, he looks great. Yeah, um, he's yeah. ready for summer. Oh, oh, very ready for summer. Reading James Joyce Ulysses. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's you know it's you can also see. Pa- I think one of the reasons why this is so fun is also you can just see Patrick Stewart having fun, getting to do this kind of a thing. You can almost hear him just being like, will you please let me have some goddamn fun on this show? <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Um, so there's a few things to talk about in this one. Um, I guess we can start with just the whole adventure romp vibe. Uh, we haven't really seen anything like this in our watch through so far, I would say, Aaron, like a full on like kind of adventure like this. What do you think? Do you think Star Trek does a, how, how do they do a kind of, I don't know, spread their wings and trying to do something a little different? Does it work? Yeah, totally. It was a, it was a good escape from the ordinary. Yeah. Definitely right? worked. Mm. We got to see a new side of Picard. Got to see a little bit different side of Riker. <laughs> <laughs> or just more of the same. Fucking Riker in this episode. Just unfiltered Riker. <laughs> just trying so hard to get his boss laid. Yeah. Wildly inappropriate. <laughs> and then we get back. So, how, how, was, how was your vacation? Oh my God. I told you you'd have a great time. <laughs> He's so into it. That like smirk <laughs> at the end, like, oh yeah, it, our plans worked. <laughs> He's so proud of himself. <laughs> Come on, dude. Fucking Riker. <laughs> like the creepy uncle of the Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> how was you. your honeymoon, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you get the. Horcon. Horgon. The Horgon. <laughs> the Horcon. The Horchin. Horchata. <laughs> what was it called? The Horgon. The Horgon. Horgon. But we were joking that a better name for it would be the Horcom. The Horcom. The Horcom. Right. Forgot about the Horcom. <laughs> I see you have presented your Horcom. <laughs> what is it? What Do is you a Horcom? <laughs> I got it at the gift shop. What's a Horcom? <laughs> um. Yeah, and this episode also introduces the pleasure planet Ryza. Um, not the only time it appears in the Star Trek franchise. Um, very positive portrayal of hedonism. Like, what do you guys think? Uh, it always tickles me that there is a planet out there that has part of their culture is if you walk around with this statue and just present it, it's like a totally like acceptable like you signaling, hey. Anyone out there just want a bone? I'm open. I'm done. Oh, right, here we go. Amazing. Do you think we could ever have anything like this in our society? That just exists right now. Kind of. There's like swingers resorts and stuff that you can go to in Mexico or wherever. But this isn't even a swingers resort. Like it is kind of though. It's like it's like a are you down to bone planet? Well, the whole planet is. Yeah. But imagine if you could walk around, like if you're just going out to eat with friends, or you're just out at the library. And you just bring this little thing that's basically like your DTF statue. That just, uh, might as well just have a little sign that's like, wanna fuck. And it's like, it's totally okay. It's like, yeah, fuck, I do. You wanna go? <laughs> Is that a better society? Is that a worse society? Just Or just a different society? <laughs> it's definitely making a lot of money on tourism. Oh it's doing God. great. Yeah. Yeah, but. if they only had it in, like, special areas of, like, tourists. You wear a special wristband that mm. lets you know, like, basically what you're into. Mm. Makes it a lot easier to find the people you're looking for, I guess. I mean, you got to think it's it can't be that way just, like, everywhere on the planet, right? That's now, kind it? of, in, like, especially in future episodes, they essentially imply, like, this is the planet. Yeah. The whole planet, like, this is, like... Their united philosophy is just, yeah. What, welcome to Ryza. Whatever is ours is yours. Just the ultimate accommodating, ha- happy to have a good time. It's totally cool mm. <laughs> uh, society. They just have totally embraced it. 
Sure. But is it all like tropical, like vacation planner? Do they have like cities and commerce and, and regular society too with that has adopted that society or is it all just like, I think they imply coastal beaches. I, I think they imply the whole planet is it's like it is a tropical planet. Jeez, like the whole planet is essentially just, is beaches and blah 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 and jungle and um. Vegas and, is kind of like that. Mm-hmm. They're like the adult playground. You yeah. may not be carrying around a statue, but there are different the, the different mechanisms to communicate that. <laughs> you know, Ryzen yeah, though right. almost feels much more. Uh, there's a kind of raunchiness to Vegas. Not, not, not always, not necessarily. There's a kind of, I don't know. There's almost something like, at least in their minds on Ryza, holistic about the whole thing. I feel, I don't know, it feels a little different. Like, it's totally cool. Do you just want to go have sex rather than like, hey, baby. And, I, and it feels like when that woman approaches Captain Picard, she seems just like happy to just to like enjoy pleasure with him and that it's like a very wholesome fulfilling experience is how she comes across at least to me i don't know doesn't do have guess? that stigma attached on that planet they're probably raised a lot differently and so there's no weird stigma about that i mean it, it exists now again like it kind of goes back to you know how star trek just it's the same conflicts we see today just on a planetary and intergalactic scales right like and that the same would exist in that society for the other side too pleasure and creation and and all the positives so in star trek society yes i think a planet like riser could absolutely exist Mm. do you think um yeah it's very interesting because usually when you see like hedonism and i don't know shows and science fiction there's almost always a negative bent to it here though they seem to be like it, it's it's totally cool. Like, and they've built their whole society around it. Very interesting. It's like, you know, we were talking earlier about you can take anything too far, but it's like, and sure you can take hedonism hedonism too far, but it's interesting to also it's like, could you literally structure a positive society around hedonism? Interesting to think about. Picard uh, seems to think no, in the beginning, on the elevator with Riker. He's like, well, I'm sure. <laughs> Even when he's Has first been. there. Yeah. He's so against the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even just if pleasure for you is just chilling on the beach, drinking Mai Tais, that's fine. Yeah. No one was forcing him to do anything. You know, it's pleasure planet. Oh, you want to get a massage? You want to go swimming? Whatever is you want good boink? for you. You want to go boink? You can go boink right now. <laughs> <laughs> right now yeah but in the end like when he when she was like oh you just want to read your book and she kind of walks she's not miffed about it she's like that's totally cool i'm into it yeah, have a good time yeah. uh, just that super radical acceptance of just like hey whatever whatever feels good to you like i'm happy to help or let you do it whatever very interesting i guess on that same kind of uh note with like pleasure and everything we've seen a little bit of this star Trek has a kind of sometimes spotty track record with kind of doing romance. How do we feel about how they kind of certainly there, this episode has its romantic elements. How do we feel like they pull it off here? I think their relationship is very natural Mm. and I think they're so cute. (laughs) Yeah. They're super cute. Oh my God. They're so cute. They're so cute though. (laughs) 
They have such a good chemistry. Yeah, they're like little banter and just kind of not liking each other at first, you know. Mm. Him assuming that she was like one of the workers that's just trying to hook up mm-hmm. and him being so embarrassed when she's like no i'm not offering that to you yeah he's like oh so my like, god oh, well, I, 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 I i wasn't asking and i was reading my book <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, you know what's kind of nice is you know you know last time we had you on mindy there were i don't know if that that wasn't a romantic episode but like in that episode um is there in truth no beauty? Uh, you know, Kirk and everyone was trying to make moves on this woman, um, and which which we certainly talked about. What's nice about this is, um, they feel very equal. It doesn't feel like Picard is you know in some position just like trying to woo this woman. They feel very matched, evenly matched. And they keep each other on their toes. Um, yeah, he's not trying to woo her at all. He he just gets approached by these future security guards, and he finds out that he's part of this prophecy to discover a crystal, and he has to go on a journey with Bosch. And that's initially why they're even interacting. He wasn't trying to just hook up with her. It just happened naturally of like, wow, this, you know, this lady's very interesting and she's quite my type (laughs) who knew (laughs) i don't know she's trouble for sure from the moment i met you i knew you were going to be trouble um it it is fun though because you get to see him it's almost like she's slowly taking shots and lowering his shields yeah because she eventually wears him down where he warms up to her and that's really fun to see that kind of, oh, she gets him. She gets to him. Not everyone gets to Captain Picard. Yeah, you never get that vibe that she's like malicious about it. She's like, she's saying, it's, hey, it's okay. It's okay. Just calm down. Relax. Mm. And I think he kind of loves it when he like tells her to do something. And she's like, is that an order? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yes, it is. Well, I'm not on your starship and I don't take orders. And he's just like... That's right. Like he, like, he just seemed so like turned game. on by that. Like I'm not on the job right now. Like you can't be ordered around. You're a strong woman, and he. Mm. I feel like he finds that attractive in her. Yeah. That she's like this little rebel that just does whatever the fuck she wants. The medicine. Mm. Exactly what everybody on the ship was hoping he would find on Riza, and he got it. But not in the way that they were thinking. Sure, they were thinking like, "Oh, this guy just needs to get laid," which yeah. he does. Sure, we're assuming there's no way they don't have sex in that cave. They made out uh, something. Oh, yeah. Something happened there. Bases were run. Yeah, yeah. If not full on, <laughs> full on Homer. Um. Yeah, you know that's a good. That's it's that's interesting to think about. Um, as you bring that up, it's like um. Yeah, they yeah, Riker's like, just go get laid. And or in Troy and Crusher, they're just like, you need to go relax and have a good time. But it's almost like what he really needs a vacation from is he's not the captain anymore. And he's presented with this person who was like, I'm not one of your peeps. Like that's almost what he seemingly needs on this. He's like someone he can be like, All right, okay. 
that's what makes some of their banter so fun is that usually people don't talk to him like that. Yeah. yeah. And he's presented with something like, oh. He's got thousands of people in his hands, right, all the time. Who all say, yes, sir. And he's still the kind of person. That's why he's in Starfleet in the first place. He's still that person that needs stakes. He needs that adventure. Mm-hmm. But, it, yeah, so much more relaxing when he doesn't have to think about all those people, for sure, and, and his crew members. Right. It's It's just – it's it's not all this responsibility just on his shoulder. Like he ha- he's sharing it equally with someone else, which is really fun. Yeah. Uh, she's the almost... one that has all the knowledge about it. She's oh, been studying it for five years. So yeah. without her, he would not be able to find the crystal, which actually she found the crystal. Yeah. He just kind of outthunk her in the end. Sherlock Holmes, his <laughs> discovery of what really happened to it. I outsmarted you outsmarting. Yeah. 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 For most of the episode, she's really the one with like the power in the situation. Mm-hmm. Cause like, even before he gets there, like she's already orchestrated this whole mm-hmm. thing. It's all just a ruse for the Ferengi just to kind of put him off the trail and everything. Right. It's like barely important. She's just trying to lose, tie up a loose end. Right. Um, and then, only in the end does he really get the upper hand because he figures it all out because um, he's Jean-Luc Picard. Um, yeah, you know, that's also fun is that I'm so glad, again, in the hands of a lesser show or like a show that wasn't thinking too much, they could have, or maybe if it was even Gene Roddenberry, like they would have just given him a perfect woman on like, because he's he is almost perfect. He has his issues and flaws, but the most outstanding example of a human being you can think of. And it would have been so easy to like pair him up with that. Someone who was like exactly on that level, but instead they give him someone who is equally as intelligent and as capable, but she's a little more shady. Yeah. Like they both share this love of archeology, span but she's like, I'm selling this for profit. Oh, I'm in it for the money. She's in for the money. Five years of work. It's only, natural that I would get some profit out of this. Like, I'm not just going to give it to the what it, conservatory or whatever. The Daystrom Institute. Yeah. 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 There's always that vibe too, that Starfleet officers look down on people that never didn't join humans that aren't enlisted, but they're still out in the galaxy, like working and doing it. They're like, Oh, you're not Starfleet. Right. She got their book and <laughs> passage and trying to find artifacts and sell them to the I'm highest. Just working, man. Yeah. yeah. And he even says like, I don't think, that would be your scene. Mm. That broke his heart. Yeah. And when she was like, I never could tolerate all that discipline. And he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was shattered. Oh. Yeah, that's fun. It gives him a very interesting kind of dynamic. Like, there's a, there's a fun antagonism there, even though they're like a team. Throughout the whole episode, there's this kind of push and pull, like power dynamic that's really fun. Um uh, like you said, it's it's challenging to him. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not just like a layover and take it kind of episode. Whatever I want just happens. Like mm-hmm. he still has to negotiate this kind of situation. Um, makes for a really fun dynamic between the two of them. I think that goes a long way also into making it really fun. It's yeah. not like she's some horrible person or anything, but no, I think that she shows him that there's like a different path for people to take. You mm. know and still like do well represent humanity well too yeah um also yeah shout out to 
the actress Jennifer Hedrick, who plays Vosh, I think she does a great job playing off of Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. I feel like it'd be it could be really intimidating to try to play that off of him, but yeah, coming in so late in the game, and so being fresh able to be that cohesive no. with Patrick Stewart. You have to be up there on your acting skills, so kudos. She goes toe to toe with him. Yeah. Um, they're both fun. It's not like he's kind of pulling her along. It's like mm-mm. they both give a lot for each other to play with as actors. You are outrageous. That was the best Oh, so funny. What did she say to him to get him to say that? That she baited him so hard. Explore the caverns on oh, this yeah. planet or something. It's like forbidden. You are outrageous. No, yeah, what she's talking about. Oh, that look on your face when I propositioned you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. How do we? How does this? So, like, their behind the scenes, their goal was to loosen up the show and specifically loosen up Captain Picard. How do we feel like they do in this episode? Do we feel like we get to really loosen up? Loosen him up and get to see some new aspects to him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's that really moment, like, especially in the cave, it's like intimate. Intimate. Yeah. A peek you into don't see him life. tap into that very often because he's always on the job and it's not professional mm. to hook up with, you know, people mm. on your ship that you're commanding. So it's fun to see that side of him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he doesn't really. You don't really see him get like intimate and close with people on the show, just in general. So to see something like this is like, wow. And that's a theme throughout the whole show. Yeah, as well as future shows. Future shows. Star Trek Picard goes into yeah. it too. Yeah. How how he's reviewing his life and he's kind of thinking about the fact that he's never fully been able to let his guard down enough to get really close to somebody. Yeah. And that was kind of like what he viewed as a fault in him. Mm. His one fault. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is his biggest fault is that, which is really interesting because the show we've talked about a little bit, Aaron, but like so much of next generation specifically Star Trek, generally speaking of two, but certainly next generation is that so much of it is about family. And it's interesting that the lead in this show is so, while he's so amazing, his biggest flaw is that he's so closed off and isolated from everyone else when the whole show is about this kind of family that comes together. Um, makes for an interesting kind of dynamic when the lead, though, is so austere and detached from everything. Because he feels like he has to be, right? He has to set the example. Mm-hmm. But is it more than that? And, you know, and like, like future right. shows kind of go into it, like maybe why he is this way. I got the vibe being out there in the sun with the book he was reading he was he was deep down maybe even subconsciously hoping for the perfect person to show up and sweep him off his feet a little bit mm. because he's a man all about his ideals and principles so if there's going to be a romance it's going to be a by the book classical romance right for right. Picard that's exactly what he gets it's yeah, still I can't got- see him just going off with some worker no. there. yeah Fluzy. that's very not Picard-esque so it would have to be a Vosh type character that go on this crazy adventure together and how romantic in a subterranean cave that they're, <laughs> it's just fun. Men are the romantics, I gotta say. 
mm. so often. Yeah. I feel like not to get all gender specific, but generally Se- secretly the men are the romantic ones. Yeah. Mm. The soppy ones. Uh, I mean, he admits to having a good time and he seems to be like super pumped that when all this starts to happen and he can, he sees that like, wait a minute, I'm caught up in the middle of something. He starts to get pretty jazzed up about it. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. <laughs> Even then though, it is really interesting. Um, how much it takes to break down his little barriers to him to open up. It's like, cause in the end he doesn't have the kind of vacation they were expecting him to have. And it is interesting. It's like he, even, even when he's on vacation, he still has to go on this grand classical adventure, you know, rom- the, the ultimate romantic ideal in like the most classical sense of the term that has to be, he can't just have a vacation where he just like turns it all off that he, he, he where he can just lounge by the pool, read books, but go out to like, he can't do that. Uh, it is interesting to consider that like, even in this episode, that's not what happens. Um, it, 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 it is that in and of itself, some kind of, I don't want to say failing, but like that inability to still just be able to turn it all off and just relax to, a, if it's to a fault, then yeah which it seems to be with Picard. They had to practically beg him to go on vacation. So that is a fault that he's, he's putting so much on his shoulders that he feels like he can't even take a break because so much is riding on him. And even when he's thinking about vacation, Oh, I'm going to go to this symposium and learn about asteroids and all that because he doesn't know how to just relax. He tries really hard for about five minutes. And then (laughs) it's like, Almost like can't do it. Toxic positivity comes to mind, but I don't think that's quite right. But when the you can have the best intentions about like being better about learning more and and being a better human and like always achieving, but like at a certain point that becomes obsessive or or like maladaptive, you know. And then other people around you like you need to you need to take a break. This isn't healthy for you anymore. It was obviously a problem because he was getting a little cranky. Yeah. In the beginning. And even the doctor was like, don't make me order you to take a vacation. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Just relax. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. It's like um, yeah, Picard, he holds himself to a very high ideal, which is, you know, laudable. You know, you can't fault the guy too much. You know, if your fault is that you're too perfect. Oh, no. You know, but it's like. But still, it's like, it's interesting because like it's affecting his performance. He's rubbing it up against everyone on the ship at this point. And it's like, dude, you got to chill the fuck out. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and yeah, also, it's just nice to, it really humanizes him. And he's been very human, but again, almost a mouthpiece. Uh, it's nice to see him, I mean, I would say with his hair down, but. He doesn't have much hair to put down. <laughs> <But, laughs> I think I could grow it out. What do you think, Will? What What do you think? Mm-mm. Too much? Could you imagine? Just still bald on top, but just that long. Yes. <laughs> One season. Oh. He just you know tries that, it. that vacation... Like that one trip to Riza just completely sends him <laughs> on a spiral. <laughs> He's just in his quarters, just... What the Not fuck a- do you want, number one? Not only is it long, but it's in like braids. 
just hasn't left his room for days. Oh, man. This is why we don't send him on vacation. I got it now. Oh, wow. He took it the other way. This is all your fault, number one. <laughs> I'm questioning everything. I don't know who I am. Shatters his reality. I'm playing the bongos, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, instead of one of those little, like, you know, concertos they do in 10 Forward, for, you know, little leisurely concerts, oh he just God. goes in there with his little... Forces body. everyone to go. <laughs> I'm having a bongo drum concert at 10 Forward. Oh, man. I don't need Mozart to have fun. <laughs> just imagining, like, like, that is hilarious. <laughs> um, oh, man. Um, yeah, as to our question, and we, we talked about it a little bit, um, I don't know, leisure being a necessity, uh, what do you guys think? I mean, like, it's interesting, I think you had talked about this, Aaron, or, I mean, we, we all talked about it, but just like, uh, and, uh, they, it's easy to think, or, um, oh, what am I trying to say here? It's like, leisure can be br- broader than we think it is. Yeah. Um, kind of a thing. What is leisure to you as a human? Yeah. And maybe it is some, is it, you know, is that what they're trying to say with this or get into is like, can you still go on a journey of personal exploration during leisure time? Mm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That, that's the time. Mm. Preferred. Preferred. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of ways to learn about yourself, but yeah, you know, when you have a moment and you're you happen to be in a maybe a beautiful place like mm. Reza, that's a great time to learn about yourself mm. and the things you actually want. Yeah, step back from your duties and just think about who you are without all of that. Mm. Who am I outside of being a captain? Mm. He still loves the adventure and still loves, you know, being actively actively involved and stuff he can't just relax that's not really his personality but he is still enjoying his leisure of not being a captain mm. not having to order people around and make all the decisions mm-hmm. there's just i think there's just different personality types you know yeah. there's leaders there's people who like to help other people there's rebels there's questioners you know like mm different strokes I guess is what I'm trying to say it's also interesting just to really see just how how much of a romantic figure he becomes when he goes on vacation and it's almost like is he like some closeted super romantic figure like yeah come on he he reads Shakespeare he sits and drinks his tea he's very well spoken like he's, he's such a romantic he really is. It's like he's suppressing all that hardcore, but it's still mm-hmm. peeking through. Which is just great screen acting. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on, Mindy. Thank you for having me back. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you very much. I feel cool that you invited me back. I must have done something right in the first something. time, right? It was halfway decent. It wasn't too terrible. She's no. been awesome. Well, thank you. Sarah. Thank you as always. Such a gentleman. Such a gentleman. Thank you, Mindy. <laughs> um, 
All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, uh, next week, um, we're going to be watching the second episode in our little loosey goosey twofer. We are going to be watching uh, this fucking title. We're going to be watching Menage a Troy. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> this episode. Menage a Troy. Yes, they went there. Oh, my God. So, yeah, this episode was their attempt to do a kind of an adventure rop to have some fun with the show. This next episode we're going to watch is them just full on just trying to do a comedy. But, you know, there'll be a couple things to see in this, um, you know, because so much of the theme of this chunk of the show is recontextualization. So we're going to have a couple of um, elements we've seen previously coming back in this episode. We'll get to see the Ferengi again. Uh, We did get to see the one Ferengi in this episode, but the Ferengi are a bit more of a presence in the next one. So we'll kind of get to see how the show at this point has recontextualized what originally was supposed to be the big bads. Um, Also, Troy's mom, who is mentioned in this episode, it's what pushes Picard to go on vacation. (laughs) Troy's mom, Waxana, um, is in this episode. Um, and we'll get to see how they handle her return of the show. <laughs> um, and our good friend, uh, Ellen Marie Lewis, um, who has been on a bit of a newbie Star Trek journey. will be coming back to talk about that one Ooh. with us. Yeah. Yeah. She's so fun. Ellen's a good time. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Jaren. Thank you, Mindy. Thank Thank you, you guys. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you all at home for listening. Um, We will see you all next time. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to share us your own Star Trek story, you can email us at storiedstartrek at gmail.com, or you can visit our Discord server. You can find us by clicking on the link in the show description.